Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mid-East Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Each day we are more close to the return of Christ. Pastor J.D. is convinced the rapture is sooner than any of us can imagine. Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation and eternal life. Take these three steps to accept His free gift. Admit you're a sinner. Believe He is Lord and call upon His name. It's as easy as ABC. Now don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on September 20th. 2020. We don't pray to the same God. Allah is a false God. Islam, a false religion. Muhammad, a false prophet. And you're going to join the world's religions so we all pray? In the book of Revelation, we're told that this is exactly what's going to happen. And it's going to come by peace. And you know what's sad? There are those today, like the prophets and priests in Jeremiah's day, that will say, peace, peace. But there will be no peace, only destruction. Jeremiah 6 verses 13 and 14. From the least to the greatest, all are greedy for gain. Prophets and priests alike all practice deceit. They dress the wound of my people, speaking of Israel, as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. I am personally more convinced now more than ever that what we're seeing today happen is exactly what Bible prophecy says will happen. And I am keenly aware that there will be those that will still argue, criticize. Reminds me of a story I heard many years ago. A father and his son take their donkey into town to get supplies. So on this particular day, the son is riding the donkey and the father's walking and they come into the town and the townspeople start criticizing them. Look at that young, healthy, strong man. Shame on him. He, he makes his father walk while he rides the donkey. So they hear about this and dad says, okay son, listen, next time we go to town, I'll ride the donkey, you walk. Okay? That's fine. So they pull into town next time. Sure enough, here's the townspeople. Look at that slave-driving father. 
He rides the donkey and makes his son walk? Shame on him. Dad's like, oh my goodness. Okay, I know what we're going to do. We're going to both ride the donkey. So they ride into town, sure enough. That poor donkey. (laughs) They're killing the donkey. They're both riding the donkey. Shame on them. Dad's like, oh my goodness. She says, okay, I know what we're going to do. Neither of us ride the donkey. We both walk. Okay? Okay. So they ride in the town. Uh, They don't ride in the town. They walk in the town, both not on the donkey. (laughs) You would think the the townspeople are like, okay, we're good now. No. You know what they said? Those stupid idiots. (laughs) Here they have a donkey, and they don't ride him. If that's you, you have a critical spirit. You have an argumentative spirit, and you need to repent. I'm going to leave it at that. There are people (laughs) that love a fight, and they're looking for a fight, and they don't have to look too far because that fight will find them, (laughs) especially in this day and age. For those who refuse to choose the aforementioned agreeing to disagree agreeably, which, as one said, is one of the highest marks of spiritual maturity to do so. For those who refuse to do so, may I lovingly pose a sincere, heartfelt, honest question. While I realize it's very hypothetical, the question is this. How would you view all of this if it were Obama doing all of this? What if it weren't Trump? Again, I know it's hypothetical, but what if Obama came up with this peace agreement? You'll forgive the strength with which I say this, but we do err greatly when we put our hope in getting our man elected into office. At the risk of sounding snarky and sarcastic, it's a sanctified snarky and a sanctified sarcastic. God wasn't biting his nails and pacing back and forth when Obama was elected. Proverbs 21 verse 1 says, The heart of a king is in the hand of the Lord, and he directs it like a water course wherever he pleases. Dare I say, God is directing everything exactly as he said he would. And we shouldn't be surprised, because it's exactly as God in His Word, and God always has the final word. No prophecy expert. I do not have the final word. God has the final word in His Word. It's the Word of God and the God of the Word. Let me say it like this. It's the end of the world. Have a nice afternoon. Wow, Pastor, are you going to 
stand on the street corner with a sign that says the end is near? No. The sign's going to say the end is here. Again, I'm not trying to be snarky. Maybe I am, <laughs> I don't know, but the end is here. To borrow a football metaphor, it's not the end of the fourth quarter, nor are we in overtime. Rather, we are now in sudden death. The next play could be the last play, and it's game over. That's how close we are. And this is why we do this every week. And it's also why we end with the gospel, the good news of salvation, found in the person of Jesus Christ because of the finished keyword work on the cross. What is the gospel? It's the good news that Jesus Christ came and died for you. He was crucified, buried, and He rose again on the third day, and He's coming back again one day soon and very soon. That's the gospel. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 1 through 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 in the context of the rapture. It's the first time Paul mentions the gospel. He later mentions it to the Corinthians, but the first epistle he wrote was to the Thessalonians. For the last few weeks we've been sharing testimonies that we receive from online members, and today I'd like to share two more. Pastor J.D., I've been watching your teachings for a couple of years now. I always listen to the very end of your prophecy update when you do the ABCs of salvation. I have always wondered if God would ever give me the privilege of leading someone to Christ. Tonight, my husband and I and our friend were talking about Bible prophecy and the rapture and how close we are when my 21-year-old son started crying. He asked many questions about what we were talking about, in which we explained the best we knew how. He wasn't sure if he was going to heaven or not. I discussed the ABCs of salvation with him, and right there on the back patio I was given the most precious privilege as a mother to lead my own son to Christ. During the prayer, we all burst into tears. My son got on his knees in front of me, holding me, weeping. Tonight was the greatest honor God could ever give me. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, J.D., for faithfully teaching us the ABCs of salvation. We never know when God will call us to lead someone to Jesus. I never imagined that tonight would be that night. Never stop doing the ABCs of salvation. I don't intend to. It's the most important message. Thank you, J.D. This next one is, is really quite interesting. So it comes from a brother in Sebring, Florida, who asked that I don't mention his name because it's all about the name of Jesus. I, I, I like that. He writes, Greetings, my brother and Pastor J.D. I have been so blessed by your prophecy updates over the years. Knowing that the time is late, 
all believers need to make serious efforts now in any way they can to point the lost world to Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He says, I hope you don't mind, but I have scheduled digital billboard time for two billboards for a week along Highway 27 using the ABCs of salvation on one and a prophecy update on the other for those people in my area, he says, that are unaware of your online ministry and maybe even Bible prophecy altogether. He says they need to be able to hear the truth about what's really happening, not the programs of lies that come into their homes via the mainstream media. I hope you don't mind me taking the liberty to partner with your ministry, not at all, (laughs) and the gospel this way. Your deception confusion video, which is I think about two or three weeks ago, is the one that I'm highlighting and wanting to point my neighbors in town to. I am proud of you for having called it for what it is, an evil lie in the face of that evil beast. Something many of us have known ourselves for quite a while, but do not have a platform like you do to proclaim it to so many, to whom much has been given, much is required. So speaking of proclaiming the truth to many, the digital advertising idea could really make an impact and bring even more glory to God and souls to Christ. He actually goes on to say that he would encourage those who are able, because this is quite a financial investment, Uh, to do so as well. He says, I have no doubt that multitudes of lost people are worried and concerned and have no idea where to turn for useful and truthful information, not to mention the gospel itself, which is able to save their souls. They don't even understand the level to which they have been deceived. I am thrilled to do this, and I am praying that many will find the way, the truth, and the life that is Jesus Christ and Him crucified through your ministry. So what are the ABCs of salvation? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) I want to do it a little bit differently today. Just, I appreciate your patience. Just give me a couple more minutes here. I want to approach the ABCs this way. This is one way, or if you prefer, a way that people get saved. I want to look at it that way. Okay? So, The first thing that someone who gets saved does is they come to the end of themselves, and they realize that they've sinned. They're a sinner, and they acknowledge and admit that they've broken God's law, His perfect standard of righteousness. And because of that, they now realize they need a Savior, and that's the A. Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23 explains why. It's because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. It's the death penalty. But here's the good news. The gift of God, this is the gospel by the way, The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. How? Because He came, He died, He paid in full, purchased with His shed blood, and paid in full. It is finished, period. Not comma. 
And the good news is he paid for it, and then he offers us the gift of eternal life. It's a gift. See, if I pay for it, it's not a gift, it's a purchase. He purchased it. He paid for it. That's the good news. I didn't pay for it. It's a gift. All I do is receive it. The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And then the C, lastly, is for call upon the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. I love that word justified, because one of those words that sounds like what it is, it's just if I'd never sinned. Let me try that again. I'm justified. It's just if I'd never sinned. He paid in full for my sins, all of my sins, past, present, and future. He removes our sins, though they be as scarlet, He makes them white as snow, and removes them as far as the east is from the west, and remembers them no more. It's just if I'd never sinned. (laughs) Pastor, you don't know what I did. I don't want to know, but it doesn't matter. Because the blood of Jesus Christ is the payment for that sin, as horrific as it was. There is no sin that Jesus did not pay for. The only sin, the unforgivable sin, is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, which is rejecting Jesus Christ. That's the only sin that is not forgiven because you're not accepting the forgiveness for your sins, and the payment for your sins. Lastly, Romans 10.13 says, All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It's really simple, yeah? Maybe too simple. All who call upon the name of the Lord, that's it. You mean there's nothing I have to do? No. I don't have to do anything? No. He already did it all. It's finished. Nothing I can bring to the table? No. Well, I better clean up my act before I... Really? That's as ludicrous as saying, I'm going to take a shower before I take a bath. No, He cleanses you. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. For anyone that's here today in this service or watching online, I I don't know how to say it without just saying it, so if it comes out wrong, you'll forgive me in advance. But there's no more time. There's no more time to be playing around. It's getting real. (laughs) And Jesus is coming. 
And the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ is imminent. I mean, it is at the door. It can happen at any time. There's nothing that needs to happen before the rapture happens. It can happen at any time. When I am before the Lord, meet the Lord in the air, first of all, it's going to be, there are no words in any language to describe what that's going to be like. But I want to hear Him say to me, well done, good job, good and faithful servant, because I did that which He called me to and that is to sound the alarm. Because I'm going to give an account more so because of this gifting of being a pastor and a teacher. I will be judged more strictly, and I will give an account for every single one of you. And your blood is not on my hands, because I have not ceased from giving you the whole counsel of God. That watchman on the wall in Ezekiel, He was to warn the people of what's coming. If he didn't warn the people, he sees what's coming, but he doesn't warn them, their blood is on his hands. If he does warn them and they don't respond, then he has no blood on his hands. I know that's kind of blunt, but maybe it needs to be. I'm warning you, (laughs) I'm warning you, the time is at hand. There's no more time. It's sudden death. The next play can be the last play, and it's game over. I implore you, today is the day of salvation. Do not delay the most important decision of your life for eternal life. I want to see you in heaven. I want to see you in heaven. Can't wait. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Lord, thank you that the gospel is childlike simple, that it's not complicated. Forgive us for complicating it. Forgive us for putting anything in between anyone coming to you, just as they are. Lord, I pray for anyone who has never called upon you, confessing with their mouth, believing in their heart, putting their trust in you, for the forgiveness of sins. I pray that today, today, while it is still day, that today would be the day of their salvation. Lord, thank you for telling us in your word what the world's going to look like, and even like we talked about today, what Christians are going to act like at the time of the end because we're looking around and it's becoming abundantly clear that it's exactly as you said it would be, and that can only mean one thing, Luke 21, 28. When we see these things begin to come to pass, we're to look up and lift up our heads because our redemption draws nigh. Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this special Mid-East Prophecy Update edition of In Spirit and Truth. 
We understand how important it is to know what God's Word says, especially in our world today. All around us, we see violence and despair running seemingly unchecked. We do what we can to alleviate these crises we encounter, but all the while we know evil is waiting right around the corner. The Bible tells us that Jesus will return one day and finally wipe the enemy's influence from the face of the earth forever. This event is closer than we may think, and it's important to know what to expect. The prophecies we read in the Bible can be confusing, but they do provide us with clues as to what we'll see unfolding in our world as we near the return of our King. Each week in the Mideast Prophecy Update, Pastor J.D. takes a look at the current events happening around the globe and holds them up to the lens of God's Word. He shares what God reveals to him with you each week. This information is not meant to scare you, but rather to inspire you to take the gospel message out into the world. Every person needs to have the chance to meet Jesus before he returns and to know what his love and grace can do for them. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are available to you on our YouTube channel as well or through our mobile app. Visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com to find links to both. Thanks for listening today and be sure to join us for the next update right here on In Spirit and Truth.